Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 20% off your next order. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show. The Islanders managing to avoid arbitration with one of the two players they had that was scheduled for it. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about the state of the AHL and the East Coast Hockey League, uh, minor leagues definitely affected even more heavily by COVID, and we'll talk about how that affects the New York Islanders. We'll have our Islanders birthday of the day, and we'll look back at this season of, that Tom Cunackle had and discuss whether or not he has a future with the Islanders organization. By the way, if you have something on your mind that's Islanders-related, Please feel free to send us an email with your question, topic, or uh, comment that you'd like to make. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles. And you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. Okay, so we'll start off with the news, and it's it's interesting enough. The Islanders essentially coming to a contract agreement with four players, uh, A.J. Greer, Josh Hosang, Mitch Van de Sampel, and Parker Wotherspoon. Uh, A.J. Greer and Joshua Hosang sign one-year contracts, while... Uh, Van de Sampel and Wotherspoon agree to two-year deals. Now, obviously, uh, Hosang was one of the two players who was potentially, at least, uh, eligible for arbitration, and we were going to see what ended up happening with him. And, and most people were curious, you know, why was uh, Josh Hosang even trying to, you know, go to arbitration, doubtful he even has a future with the organization, etc., etc. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, Hosang, who is eager to get to the NHL, who has scoring talent, ends up signing a contract that will partially, you know, which would pay him different amounts depending on where he ends up playing. And, uh, you know, if he ends up with the 
NHL team, he's going to make $750,000 a year. If he's down at the AHL level, he will obviously make less. But the good news is that arbitration has been avoided, and Josh Hosang is at least under contract. And, you know, here's the thing about Hosang. I have interviewed him a number of times during rookie camps and training camps, and he's a confident kid. He's a talented kid. And, you know, is he the kind of player who could provide the Islanders with some offense uh, next season if he makes the team? Absolutely. The problem is that you're still not sure if Joshua Hosang is dedicated at this point in time to playing the kind of hockey that the Islanders prefer their players to play. And what I mean by that is, would he play, you know, determined and dedicated hockey in his own zone? Would he back check? Would he, uh, you know, be responsible defensively? And the answer to that really is uh, always been a question mark. And Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz are not going to tolerate that. So 700000 for uh, Hosang if he's on the NHL roster, 225000 if he's on the AHL roster. Meanwhile, A.J. Greer's deal is a one-year, two-way contract, 700000 uh, at the NHL level, 100000 at the AHL le- level with a guarantee of $125,000. So, you know... Hosang is still an enigma, and I think if the Islanders organization had their way, they would trade him somewhere, but it remains to be seen exactly what that final move is going to look like. So, uh, we'll see what the Islanders end up doing under the circumstances. Look, Hosang last year only played 22 games in the AHL started the year in Bridgeport, ended up in San Antonio, and he's got seven goals and 17 assists in 53 career NHL games over parts of three seasons with the Islanders. So can he help them offensively? Yes, but he has to prove that he'll play within the team system, that he will not hold on to the puck too much, that he'll pass the puck, and most of all, that he'll play defense. And is he talented enough to play in the NHL? No question about it. But would he be a good fit on this New York Islanders team? The way the system is set up, I really have to question that. I'm rooting for Joshua Hosang. I like him. uh, And I just would love to see him succeed. Because realistically, if you put Joshua Hosang on the Islanders and he's willing to, you know, play the way the Islanders need him to play... He's still only 24 years old. He's heading into his prime. And, you know, you want to put him on, let's say, the second line or more likely the third line, team him up with, you know, Pajot and one other player. And, you know, maybe Pajot and Ross Johnston or, you know, there are so many candidates for that uh, third line. But... Here's a guy who could easily add 15 goals, 20 goals, 
uh, if he gets enough ice time and certainly can be dangerous on the power play. The question just becomes getting him to play a disciplined style of hockey. All right, we'll talk a little bit about minor league hockey and how that'll affect the Islanders this coming year, plus our Islanders' birthday of the day and uh, our look at Tom Cunackle, what he did last year and what the future holds for him. More to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. One other note, former Islanders defenseman Devon Taze also signing a new deal to avoid arbitration. And now we see what the damage, quote-unquote, would have been roughly. And right now, it's a four-year deal for Taves with an average cap hit of $4.1 million. And the way the Avalanche structured his contract this year, $2.35 million. Next year, $3.55 million, 2022-23, $4.6 million. And then in 2023-2024, $5.9 million salary for Taze. And what that does is it gives a certain amount of uh, security to the player, while the team will get some cap relief uh, this year and next year, and then you know, the player will gradually get more money, but the the cap relief badly needed by a lot of teams because the cap has been flat. So Devontae's uh, making that deal. Meanwhile, the AHL trying to scramble and minor league hockey really has a bigger problem than even the NHL. And the NHL does have issues as a result of the fact that fans cannot be in the stands right now in almost every market. So, you know, the NHL, it's roughly 50% of its revenue comes from ticket sales. Minor league hockey, the AHL, the ECHL, they have a lot higher a percentage because their radio and TV deals really aren't worth a lot of money. Already, we're seeing some Canadian-based NHL teams who have American-based AHL affiliates scrambling to get them to temporarily play their game in Canada because there may be restrictions. So if you call a player up, if you're, for example, the Calgary Flames had their team based in Stockton, California, if they wanted to call someone up, the border is closed, they may not be able to have them available until they quarantine, it really opens up a lot of issues. So right now, uh, the AHL is scrambling. They are trying, as of right now, to start their season on December 4th, but they know very well that they may not be able to do that, and they may not have all 31 franchises ready to go uh, or willing to go if they can't put enough fans in the stands So we're trying to see what's happening. As of right now, it looks like the AHL is willing to postpone that December 4th date if they have to, with the understanding that they really would like to start as soon as they can. But it's going to be tricky and very, very likely that they'll be operating at a loss. All right. We'll keep an eye on that situation for you right now. It's time for our Islanders' birthday of the day. Today 
is the 72nd birthday of former Islanders center Jude Druan. And Druan, uh, originally a third round pick of the Montreal Canadiens back in 1966, played briefly for Montreal for parts of two seasons, then came up and became a full-time NHLer with the old Minnesota North Stars in 1970-71, was traded to the Islanders midway through the 74-75 season along with J.P. Parise, and those two really made a huge impact on the Islanders, bringing experience, uh, playoff experience, and a veteran leadership that that young Islanders team needed that year, and Drew Druan ended up being a huge part of the Islanders' run to Game 7 of the semifinals in 1974-75 in 17 playoff games that year, 6 goals and 18 points. So Jude Druan uh, really became an important New York Islander. Had a pair of 20-goal seasons after that for the Islanders, his best year, 76-77, 24 goals uh, that year. His best point total, 75-76 with 62 Stayed with the Islanders through 77-78, then played two seasons with the Winnipeg Jets before his retirement. We're going to go back and look at the best offensive game that Drew Druan played for the Islanders Nassau Coliseum, January 6, 1976. It's the Kansas City Scouts invading the Coliseum to take on the New York Islanders. Of course, the scouts then moved to Colorado be to become the Colorado Rockies and then moved to New Jersey, where they are now the New Jersey Devils. Bill McKenzie was the goalie for the scouts. Billy Smith in between the pipes for the Islanders. 14,865 fans on hand. Islanders got the only goal of the first period. Billy Harris, his 17th of the year from Burt Marshall at 10:43, it was one nothing Islanders in the second period. The Islanders expanded their lead. Brian Trottier, his 16th from Billy Harris and Jerry Hart at 5:35, and then 31 seconds later, Clark Gillies, his 17th. Jerry Hart and Jean Potvin get the assists, and all of a sudden we have a. 3-0 Islanders lead, but midway through the period with with the scouts on a power play, Dennis Dupere gets his first goal from Jean-Guy Legacy and Gary Bergman at 11.55, and it is a 3-1 hockey game. Then the Islanders' power play starts to heat up. Wolf Paymont off for hooking Jude Druan, his 13th, from Ed Westfall and J.P. Parise, at 19.07, at the end of the period, Islanders with a 4-1 lead. They keep piling it on in the third. Jude Druan is second of the game, 14th of the year. On the power play, Dennis Potvin and Ed Westfall with the helpers on that one at 6.05. Dennis Patterson was in the box at the time for interference. Then Jerry Hart gets into the act. His second goal of the year from Brian Trottier, just 25 seconds after the Druan goal. And then Jude Druan again on the power play. Ken Murray off for elbowing for Kansas City. Druan is 15th from J.P. Parise and Ed Westfall at 14.53. And 33 seconds later, 
Jerry Hart, his second of the game, third of the year from Andre St. Laurent. Islanders win this one 8-1 over the Kansas City Scouts. The hat trick for Jude Drouin, his first and only NHL hat trick, got that on a team leading six shots on goal for the Islanders, Billy Harris and Brian Trottier. Uh, along with Clark Gillies, they were all a plus four on this day. And Jerry Hart, usually a defensive defenseman, two goals and two assists to pace the Islanders' offense overall. Again, Drew N with the hat trick, Ed Westfall, the captain, with three helpers. So, again, a very happy 72nd birthday to former Islanders center, Drew Drew N, as we remember his. Islanders hat trick from January 6th, 1976. When we come back, we'll discuss Tom Cunackle, what he did with the Islanders last year, and what the future holds for him. More to get to on the Locked On Islanders podcast. And folks, I could tell you I've tried a lot of protein bars over the years, but Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They have six new flavors, which means there's 18 flavors altogether. They have nut flavors with nuts. Flavors that are nut-free, but all of them are covered in 100% chocolate. And unlike so many other protein bars, they're soft and easy to chew. How about these six new flavors? Carrot cake, lemon almond cheesecake, cherry barcia, apple almond crisp, caramel brownie, and my favorite, cookies and cream. Built Bar is low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. It is great. If you're on the keto diet, let's talk about the Cherry Barcia flavor. Each bar, 17 grams of protein, just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. Right now, go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. All right, we are back. Let's talk a little bit about... One of the few Islander players we haven't discussed yet, and that is Tom Cunackle. And, you know, the reason Cunackle really didn't have a regular role on the Islanders this year, only played in 28 games, scored three goals, six points, was a minus four, and had exactly two penalty minutes. Cunackle had 28 shots on goal in 28 games, and, uh, you know, one of his three goals was a game winner. He averaged about 11 minutes and change a game, a third-line player when he was in the lineup, uh, sometimes on the fourth line if one of the players on that fourth line were injured. Cunackle does add experience. He has won a couple of Stanley Cups, had a little trouble staying healthy this year. He won those Cups with the Penguins, by the way. And right now, uh, the... Bavarian native is a free agent. And here's the thing about Cunackle. He basically is the kind of guy who the Islanders probably will not be re-signing this year. They have a number of players who play a similar style to Tom Cunackle. Guys who can be physical, who will not score a lot of points or put a lot of points up on the board, but they'll check, they'll play defense. You know, Cunackle was a fairly good fit for the Islanders' system, but he really was, to a large extent, an 
interchangeable part with a lot of other players. And in the playoffs, he only got into three games, had one assist, and was a plus two. But then he got hurt, ended up leaving the bubble early after undergoing surgery. And now Cunackle is a unrest- he's an unrestricted free agent. And the odds of him coming back to the Islanders, I would say, are very slim unless the Islanders are able to sign him at or close to the veterans minimum. And that would probably mean that a number of other Islanders players would be departing the team and they just want to have Cunackle back in the lineup in order to, you know, fill that spot and and give them some experience on that bottom six. And look, you got to hope for Cunackle's sake that he can find a, a job. His game winner, by the way, came on uh, New Year's Eve, the December 31st 4-3 win in Washington against the Capitals. So that was his... Uh, probably his biggest highlight of the season. But uh, again, to me, Tom Cunackle, not that he's not a useful player, but if you look at the Islanders roster and you go up and down, you know, Michael Dalcole, uh, A.J. Greer, if he makes the team, Ross Johnston, Leo Komarov, uh, you know, a lot of these guys will play a similar kind of a of a role to what uh to what Cunackle can bring to the table and I don't think the Islanders are looking to you know bring Cunackle back under those circumstances. Now whether another NHL team is looking to bring him back, that is a a good question. Uh, He also obviously would have the option to go back and play in Europe if he wants to, or if, again, a team is interested in him. But right now, Tom Cunackle, one of those uh, veterans who is without a team, and he will turn 29 in January, uh, and the question just remains, hey, where does Tom Cunackle end up next year? I doubt it's with the Islanders. I think they thank him for his service. He certainly played a a role on this team, but they have younger players who can probably do the same thing for less money. And again, unless they make a couple of trades that send some of those players, some of those bottom six type forwards away, I don't see the need to bring Tom Cunackle back to this team next season. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Don't forget, we have a new show every Monday through Friday. We drop the shows a little after midnight, around 12.25 a.m. So, Night Owls, if you're up, you can listen before bed. Early risers, if you subscribe to the podcast, it'll be in your inbox waiting for you on your podcatcher of choice. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. That helps other Islander fans find the podcast, and helps us grow the Locked On Islanders family. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders!